I'm Yoe Shaw. I'm Kia Miyakonatis. We're the hosts of the NPR podcast, Invisibilia. You can think of Invisibilia kind of like a sonic blacklight. When you switch us on, you'll hear surprising and intimate stories. Stories that help you notice things in your world that maybe you didn't see before. Listen to the Invisibilia podcast from NPR. For NPR Music, you're connected to all songs considered. I'm Bob Boylan. I'll begin today's show with a powerful true story of a Japanese big band formed in an internment camp in Wyoming during World War II. And just a quick note, there may be some language in the next five minutes of the show that some people might find offensive. The artist singing the story is Julian Saperiti, also known as Nono Boy. He's a first-generation Vietnamese-American. Here he is to tell the tale of the best goddamn band in Wyoming. I often joke around that I didn't become Asian-American until I moved to Wyoming, but, but that's kind of the truth. And it, it sort of all starts with a picture. This project, Nono Boy, that I do, this song, this album, it was a picture in a museum of a jazz band but a jazz band with all Asian slanty-eyed faces like mine. Faces I had never seen in the music history books I studied at my jazz college or just being a musician. This was kind of a lineage. This was a connection to the past. And, and here's this band, the Georgigawa Orchestra, who formed behind barbed wire in a concentration camp in Wyoming. They were the only swing band in the state, so aside from playing dances in camp, they'd tour around and play proms and war bond drives meet the locals, but then after every gig, back behind the barbed wire. I had to find out more about this band, so I dug up everything I could and tracked down the two living members. Yone, the trumpet player, sadly has passed on, but Joy, Joy Teraoka, the singer, she's still kicking in Hawaii, and she's become like family to me, which is, you know, the reason why I perform these songs, to tell her story, to tell the story of her bandmates, because it's, it's a beautiful story within a harsh history, you know, and, and a larger conversation of an Asian-American story that we haven't talked about enough, and, and hopefully we are now. So, George Igawa and the best goddamn band in Wyoming. The flyer red musicians need it. So young Yone grabbed the silver mouthpiece Tracked down a kid who brought a trumpet to Pomona Let Yone have it on a free two-year lease Joy Teraoka Neitakashida Went to the tryout, she was only 16 With some girlfriends to cheer her on Their club was called the Rodells Mom said if you keep up the school, Joy, you can't sing Georgie Kawa, Oji Nisei He tore up the coast and even played Japan Before the war, they ripped up the Florida Ballroom and don't sleep on the show Tokians Under starlight, they dance behind barbed wire Under the mountain, it meant something to say Stuck between two countries in a fire The best goddamn band in Wyoming Little Ted's best show at the cardiac scan The clarinet kid, Benice Artichoke Stopped by rehearsal in a tar paper barrel 
Once he joined up, sister, it was on They practiced daily, kick on the weekend Stirring up those dusty mess halls Teenage bodies unchained from their parents Man, them old folks, they really lost it all The only swing band left in Wyoming That got them out some nights until dawn Warp on drives and power moments Dancing in love Bunch of chaps playing jazz at the Thermopolis prom Under machine guns they dance behind barbed wire At below zero it meant something the same Angelinos mixing up with farm kids in the choir The best goddamn band in Wyoming Gawa, he split for Chicago With Kamiko in the fall of 44 He left the band to Tets Joy went with her family to D.C. As for Yoni, he had to join the war And that's a story from Old Hot Mountain I'm the best band you never did see Locked up in prison camps for no fucking reason But they still found a reason to sing The best goddamn band in Wyoming 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 The music of No-No Boy and the amazing tale of the best goddamn band in Wyoming. It's from a record called 1975, which came out at the top of April. The last time I played a cut from Faye Webster, it had a country twang, and if her guitar was amplified, it was barely cranked. That's changed for this new tune from the Atlanta songwriter. The song that surprised me is called Cheers, and here's Faye Webster to talk about her surprising new sound. Most of my music has kind of a clean and laid-back style, but... Here I was experimenting with a more overdriven sound on guitar, which is funny because I've only ever used a tuner pedal my whole career, but I think all artists change and evolve over time, and I like to think that this song represents a new chapter of me. I like the verses of the song. They kind of have this like chugging, ominous tension, which kind of releases into a more free-flowing and celebratory melody in each chorus. It's love song. It tells a story, but I think in a different way that I haven't been able to express before.
Faye Webster, the song Cheers is from her album titled I Know I'm Funny, haha. It's out June 25th. So, speaking of funny, this next tune had me laughing alone and out loud. It's by Toth. The song is called Guitars Are Better Than Synthesizers for Writing Through Hard Times, which is a pretty good title, even though as a synth player, I could dispute that. But really, it's the words in this song, the directness that slays me, and it also makes me smile. I feel weird My ex just broke up with the person they broke up with me for Three years later And at the same time as I'm falling in love The breakup album I made about her isn't even out I thought maybe I should bring her the acoustic guitar I used to write about her on. Cause guitars are better than synthesizers for writing through hard times. You can lie in bed while you sing and play through the pain. Fuck sense, but also Later. 
here. It wasn't until I had my first major breakup that I discovered in a whole new way the importance of songwriting in my life. It just took on a whole new meaning. It changed the way I heard songs too. I just think that's wild that this like immense hard time shifted it. And I don't usually play guitar, but there was a guitar lying around my apartment and I would just literally lie in bed and play it. It's like a vibrational massage or something. It led to my first Toth record, this heartbreak, you know, and it's kind of a cliche. Anyway, this song is essentially a diary entry. I felt like life offered a pretty poetic series of events, so I didn't need to use any poetry. And to be honest, I kind of made the song quickly as a joke to myself and maybe a way of coping with a complicated situation. And here we are. And then a few weeks ago, I made a music video for the song, and it sort of continued autobiographically where the song leaves off. In the video, I'm a butterfly, and my friend Artie is a bumblebee, and we fall in love, and the Grim Reaper comes along and doesn't work out. And I guess the moral of the story is life doesn't go as you planned, and sometimes you need to go back to the cocoon. Growth isn't linear, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, even if it feels bad in the moment. That video, it's a must-see. That's Toth from the album You and Me and Everything, and it comes out this Friday, April 30th. Let's take a break, be right back, and you're listening to All Songs Considered from NPR Music. Support for NPR and the following message come from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Brewer Terrence Sullivan shares how brewing beer is often a science, but to achieve the right flavor profile, it can also be an art. The science is the process of making the actual beer, and and the art form comes from the brewer of literally weaving in different hops. They're just adding some nice little zest to it. To learn more, go to SierraNevada.com. Must be 21 years or older. Please drink responsibly. Support for NPR and the following message come from BetterHelp, offering online counseling. BetterHelp therapist Hesu Joe knows that lockdown has been hard on us as humans. We as people are hardwired to connect with others, which is why this whole time is so difficult. The connection that happens between people can be very powerful, and how healing it can be to have a healthy relationship with someone. To get matched with a counselor within 48 hours and save 10%, go to BetterHelp.com songs. It's All Songs Considered. I'm Bob Boylan. We've played quite a few songs performed on the Cora in recent weeks from Tumani Diabate. Today I have new music from another Cora master, Balake Sissoko. 
It's an album of collaborations that include African legend Salif Keita and French cellist Vincent Segal, who he's collaborated with on a few records in the past. And in fact, they did a tiny desk concert together about 10 years ago. The collaboration I'll focus on here is with singer-songwriter and painter Piers Faccini, and there's a fascinating story Piers shares about how they came to meet and later perform the song together. The song Kadidia from Balake's album, Juru, um, has a lovely story and it goes back uh, over 30 years actually. Kadidia is a traditional from Mali that I first heard uh, on a record that I bought secondhand in Portobello Market, probably around 1989. And I had no idea what I was buying. I bought it very cheaply at the time. And when I put it on, um, I just fell in love straight away. And that was really the spark for me to fall in love with Malian music uh, and then to travel further outward uh, from Mali to other West African countries to discover their music. So that was 1989, fast-forwarding then to 2005, 2006, I met Balake because we were on the same label at the time, La Belle Bleue, and uh, we became friends and started playing together. And one day when we were practicing, uh, Balake asked me how I'd first discovered Malian music. So I showed him the record and the song by the Ensemble Instrumental du Mali. And uh, he laughed and he said, wow, that's my father playing the chora." So that was a beautiful story, but actually it didn't end there because a year ago, Balake asked me to record a song in duo for his new album, Duro. And so the both of us spontaneously decided that it would be beautiful to sing our own version uh, to complete the story of this beautiful traditional Khadija. Yeah, yeah, Muso de Vesuma will 
Balike Sissoko on the 21-string harp known as a kora, along with Piers Ficini on the song Khadija. The Balike Sissoko album of collaborations is titled Dijuru. I first discovered the music of Lao Noah in 2018 while looking at thousands of Tiny Desk contest entries. Lao Noah has an elegance that stands out. You hear it in her classical guitar playing and that voice. And then I began to read a rough translation of her Spanish lyrics, and the poetry and imagery was so beautiful. Lao Noah has a new song and a new album coming at the top of May. The song title is La Siete Lagrimas. It translates to English as The Seven Tears. Here's Lao Noah to speak about the song's inspiration. Siete Lagrimas is a song I wrote on May 2020 in my apartment in Queens, alone one night. And it's an ode to the freedom, the beautiful feeling after after letting go of somebody. Um, I think uh, we we praise um, heartbreak in many of the songs, but we rarely praise that moment of freedom that solitude gives you. Um, even when a relationship hasn't ended badly, it's just you you shed a skin. Uh, to become a new a new person a new you and uh, it's it's really satisfying so uh, the song is about uh, comparing love to any natural cycle in nature like uh, the way a tree works where you have the flowers and at some point the flowers fall and then there's the fruit that comes and the fruit is delicious and wonderful but at some point 
it also fades away and it dies and it's just like love and how you know we have a hard time accepting this very natural and uh, inescapable ways of living Noah, the song from her new album is called La Siete Lagrimas, The Seven Tears. There's a stunning video for a new song from Manchester Orchestra. The song, titled Telepath, from their new album, The Million Masks of God, traces a couple from young love into their senior years. The video depicts all of this in one beautiful take. You can watch the video for this and all the songs on the All Songs Considered site. I'll let Andy Hull from Manchester Orchestra tell us more about the song and the video. I'm Bob Boylan for NPR Music. It's All Songs Considered. Telepath is about the ebb and flow of a lifelong commitment to another person. It's about realizing that even in moments that seem impossible to get through, you've committed to someone and you expect that they will be there for you and that you'll be there for them. This was a way for me to examine how I felt that way towards my own relationship and how I've seen it exampled for me before and seen how it's also fallen apart. The video was a concept that my manager, Mark, and I had come up with over the course of an evening, which once started as just a long shot on me at the end of a hallway, evolved into this really cool idea of a story happening in front of me while 
the camera was panning closer and closer to me. The director, Isaac Dietz, came up with the concept of adding dancers and a choreographer to the entire process. So he ended up bringing in all ages of dancers from 11 to 72 to come and help this vision come to life. I'm really proud of, of how it is simple. It, it tells a simple story, and I think it's something that's relatable to all of us, the beginning, the middle, the end, and whatever comes after. Oh 